up? What up? Welcome back to On the Break, a basketball podcast brought to you by Sense of Blue Loud Media. It's your host, J-Mac, here in the studio with Josh. Josh, what's up, buddy? What's up, man? It's good to be back. I know, man. We've been off. We took last week off. Kyle was moving. We just had a lot going on. You had something kind of come up at the last second. So, uh, unfortunately, it was uh, a week off for us, kind of unexpected. But we're back. And I think Kyle will be back next week, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, his girl is supposed to bring his computer down to him this weekend, so he should be back next week. But more importantly, our lobbying throughout two years of doing this got somebody fired. Oh? Yeah? He is your friend from the Timberwolves? Yep. Tom Thibodeau, my friend. We got him fired. I'm taking credit for that. Dude, we've been... Ca- oh, my God. We've been talking about that since we started this show. Yeah, dude. He's bad. <laughs> He is absolutely terrible. That was the most gratifying news to finally run across. They dropped it right in the middle of an NFL game. So, you know, it was there was definitely a lot going on right at that time. I think they dropped it in like the middle of the Cowboys game or something like that. Oh, yeah, it was it was just out of the blue, too. Apparently, um, the GM just walked into his office and was like, hey, you're fired. (laughs) I didn't even know it was coming. Good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My only thing about it is and I actually blogged about this because. The thing that's curious to me is why now at this point? Like, why the hell not just keep on going? Because that's what they decided to do whenever they let Jimmy Butler run all over the situation. Dude, I think, so, Thibodeau has been a really bad coach recently, but he revolutionized the NBA's defense. Yeah. And he has a name. Like, it's hard to it's hard to fire guys like that. Like, it's hard to get rid of a superstar. And Thibodeau, for a long time, has been the face of NBA defense. All of the good defensive teams model themselves after what he created, which is that um, hard push to the baseline and traps in the corners. Um, and what you've seen actually come out of what he did was is a three-point revolution because he stops everything that goes to the rim. All the teams are jamming uh, people to the baseline and bringing double teams and not allowing anything to go to the go to the rim because of him and because of the way that he coached the Bulls, right, um, whenever they were first winning with Rose. Um, so I, I think that whenever you have that type of legacy, it's harder for them to, to get rid of that. Sure. And I think that this might've just been a, been the GM just saying, I, I just can't do it anymore. I, I got to get rid of them. I think it's, I mean, I definitely get that. And I mean, it's definitely the more smash mouth type basketball, right? And it's, it's very defensive and it's, it's just a different pace. And I think it's just to me more than anything, it's, different than what's being played in the league right now and I get that at one point in time that actually really mattered but I just don't know that it matters as much anymore with the way that things have gone in the last probably three or four years well that's because I mean they've had to adjust to that smash mouth defense or that that hedge trap defense in the center of the lane um, with three-point shots that's true. So what, you're exactly right in that it's the ebb and flow between like everything. Whenever it, whenever that defense was developed, everything was at the rim. Everything was mid range game, and then what happened had to happen is that defense started crowding the middle of the lane, and now now offenses are finding the open spaces in the court and making the defense get bigger. So they're neutralizing that defense, and then what's going to happen is a defense is going to come out that stops that, and then it'll switch back over to jumping in the paint. I I truly believe that. At some point, probably so. But, I mean, right now, the way that this this league has gone with, I mean, players like Luka, and, and we'll get into that here in a little bit, but I, I just think that, man, it's there's so many superstars on so many teams now that it's it's 
just trying to slow things down. They're going to run and gun all over you. There's a reason why the run and gun thing has worked for D'Antoni and James Harden. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess worked is kind of a <laughs> a loose term used there, but yeah, yeah. Um, that's I mean, and really, this is this is one of those things where Kyle was right in that he said, "I guess you guys won't have any excuse for Carl Anthony Towns sucking anymore." So we'll see. Hopefully, he gets a turn around. But his last man. His last, so since 1221, these mm-hmm. have been his, his, uh, or excuse me, since um, 1228, so December the 28th, these have been his points. 31, 34, 28, 28, 29, 28, 20. I'm telling you, man, you and I are not wrong about this. He's just being used wrong. He's been used wrong, period. Yeah. In those games, here's his rebounding numbers. Uh, on December the 28th, 19 boards. 30th, 18 boards. 17 boards. 12 boards. 15 boards. 18 boards. 9 boards. Dude, unbelievable. I and will he's say... out of his mind. He absolutely is. I, will, I actually saw some of these numbers the other day, and I wasn't even remotely surprised. It, it was one of those things I didn't even send to you because I just knew you wouldn't even really... wouldn't be surprised by it at all. I guess I should have. But regardless, it's... It's like, I will say that I think there are good things that came of his game from, from uh, Thibodeau. Sorry, I wanted to say D'Antoni. I knew that wasn't right. Uh, from Thibodeau, I think that like his his rebounding and everything has gotten a lot better, and he's definitely yeah. developed that that game in the paint a little bit. But he's just not the defensive stalwart that Thibodeau needed him to be. Yeah, and that was something that he was really uh, built as coming out of college was this guy that was just a two-way force. Correct. And you're exactly right in that he he gets a lot of blocks, but he's not always in position. He actually he reminds me a lot of a less athletic Serge Ibaka. I don't know if you remember whenever he played for the Thunder, but everybody was always talking about how great of a defender he was. But really, he was just crazy athletic. Oh, yeah. He'd be way out of position. He'd come flying in from across the lane, and he'd either block the shot or the person would miss the shot because he affected it, and then they'd get their own offensive rebound. He averaged like seven rebounds a game or something when he was in OKC. Dude, and yeah. It was because he was always out of position. He that, was a pain in the ass to deal with without low. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was super strong, but he just was always out of position, and he couldn't get rebounds because of that. And Carl Anthony Towns is like, isn't like – he gets a lot of rebounds, and he is a little bit better about being in position, but he's, his athleticism makes him look like a better defender than he fundamentally is. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with that, but I think that Thibodeau definitely brought out some of those good points in his game. But overall, it just seemed like it stunted his development more than anything. And I'm really excited to see. I mean, look at what he's played in the last 10 games. I mean, look at that. I mean, that's that's a huge example of what he could be. And sure. he's going to do nothing but get better. And the other thing that Minnesota sh- fans should be glad about is the fact that it didn't run his ass out of town. Yeah, I'm into that, man. That was a... People were talking about keeping Jimmy Butler over him. I was like, I think actually, I so Jimmy Butler in that moment was probably a better player than Carl Anthony Towns was, especially since he was slumping a lot in the beginning of the year. But his future is not nearly as bright as Carl Anthony Towns is. Cat could go down as one of the greatest bigs to ever play the game if he gets his stuff together. Yeah, man, he's definitely got to have the right mentor, and he's got to have somebody that's going to actually tailor to his game. That's what it comes down to. And and treat him like the building block that he is. Now, I will say, he definitely did not step up 
whenever the whole Jimmy Butler thing was going down, that really irked me a little bit as far as his leadership goes. He's supposed to be the guy on that team. And, I mean, no wonder they're not treating him that way. But, yeah, I, I mean, know. It's He's 23 years old. Yeah, that's true. It's a good point. I mean, and, and even the James Harden's, I just looked it up and it depressed me. He's like seven days older than me. You know, <laughs> like all of these guys are so young and we expect them to be part of these perfect leaders. They're, they're, a lot of them are still kids. Hey, at least you didn't take a ball to the face yesterday. I would have, I would trade a ball to the face for James Harden money <laughs> any day Fair. of the week. <laughs> Absolutely. But dude, that did look, I was like, they better put him through concussion protocol. Yeah. <laughs> like, that he threw that hard. Giannis did. Dude, he sure did. I was watching that game. I just so happened to be doing something on my computer and I, you know, I had it on the background. I just so happened to look up and just whacked right in the face. And dude, that, and like, I might believe that Giannis did that on purpose. Maybe, dude. I don't know. It I didn't think, look like it. Do you remember last year in the All Star game when everybody's in the All Star game? Everybody's kind of joking around and stuff. And, mm-hmm. Uh, Giannis was trying to dunk on people and just trying to kill people. Like he got a fast break on Steph at one time and tried to hurt him by dunking on him so hard. I really think that Giannis tried to hit James Harden in the head. I could, I could, make, I could see the vision. I think Giannis is he's he's pretty uh, he's really competitive, dude. Dude, but he's that's a hard. hell of a shot. That's a heck of a shot, dude. dude he hit hard, him dude. right in the bean. Like he he fucking nailed his ass. He grabbed it and didn't didn't miss a beat either. He got assist off of it. Of course. I think the whole thing was drawn up. Yeah, man. It's got to be a conspiracy from within. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be a conspiracy. Uh, man, this all-star voting is starting to come along pretty nicely, huh? No, it is not. <laughs> what, do you mean by, what do you mean by coming along nicely? I, th- I think it's shaping up pretty nicely overall. I think there's some good people up here in the, in the front court. And... So Dwayne Wade's number two in the East by guards. Okay, well, I'm not looking at the East right now. I'm actually looking at the West. <laughs> Tell me what you like about dude, this all-star voting. Dwayne Wade's getting the, the old man vote, and you know it. Yeah, dude, I, I hate that. I don't like it. I don't think it's... I just... I get it, but they need to have some sort of... uh, Like a, a way to put those kinds of guys like him and Dirk and people like that in without taking up a spot. That seems like it wouldn't be too hard of a fix. They should just make people that are are obviously at the end of their game, like honorary, at the end of their game, like honorary captains. Yeah, it should be Dwayne Wade and Dirk Nowitzki choosing the teams this year rather than the the top two votes. Dude, exact, dude. There you go, and then you take you make sure the best players are in there. There, uh, I mean, you know, because Dwayne Wade's not a a first a number two guard in the East. That's not possible. Yeah, exactly. Derrick Rose is number two in the West. Which, dude, I, I'm the I'm conducting the train on the Derrick Rose hype train. Like, I am pumped about Derrick Rose, but he's yeah? not at number two. Okay. Yeah, you don't put him in over James Harden. Fair. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. You just you can't even get. I to me, it doesn't even feel that close. You yeah yeah you can't. They have Steph, Steph's the only person that's beaten Derrick Rose. He's not over James Harden either. He's not. I wouldn't take him this year over James Harden. No. You know who I am the most surprised about on this list of any of these? Who's that? Jeremy Lin being on this list. Where's Jeremy Lin? He plays for Atlanta. No, he's on the list? Yeah, he's number eight under guard. I thought, oh my gosh. I thought he was in the D League. Dude, and even Vince Carter really doesn't belong on this list. All the, all, 
all due respect to VC, man. I love that guy. Yeah. But, I mean, he's better with a headband. I'll say that. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. He doesn't belong on the list for sure. Um, he's he, This is a popularity contest. The really All-Star is. game shouldn't be a popularity contest. I can't believe that Jimmy Butler's fifth in that case. That's pretty crazy. He's made yeah. a real ass out of himself with Brett Brown, hadn't he? Yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute. Oh. Anthony Davis is a top three candidate for MVP right now for me, and he's number five. That's insanity. He's barely in the All-Star game right now. That's insanity. That's Yeah, that's ridiculous. I mean, I don't – there's no case that can be made that – do you think LeBron is better at, right now? Like, just – I mean, he's been no, hurt. Dude, Anthony Davis should be number one. I agree West. with that. That's where, that's where my head's at. LeBron, yeah. too, or what do you think there? Uh, LeBron's been suffering from an injury, um, and actually he just came out. They said three more weeks. At wow. first, you and I talked about I actually said I think they're just taking this as a case to rest him, but it looks like there's actually something wrong with him. What, what was the injury again? Was it like a, a groin strain or something like that? Yeah, it was some sort of groin, groin strain. We had originally talked about it. It was famous in that he's, they had video of him saying to his trainer, like, I heard it pop while he was staying there. And we talked about um, how groin strains pop is like that, that muscle that's in your groin that connects your hip to like your, your groin area. Uh, shears over the top of a, of a piece of bone and it pops back into place. Um. And it's normally just a scary thing, right? Yeah. Normally not anything yeah. tears. Um, they never came out and said that it was a tear or anything, but he's going to miss another three weeks, so I don't know what's what's going on. He's always been very secretive about his health and what his body's doing. Like, there were, like, his first eight years in the league, he wouldn't tell anybody his weight. Yeah. He's always been really secretive about it, so I don't know. He, uh, I mean, you know, with that HGH, you got to be careful. I guess so. <laughs> I was like, fucking horse tranquilizers. <laughs> yeah. Um, didn't we, we? I feel like we've talked about that before. Wasn't there a situation where he like lost a bunch of weight after a finals game or something? I don't. I don't recall that. I know. I mean, from when he went came from Miami back to Cleveland, he went on like a vegetarian diet and he lost like forty pounds to play in Cleveland. Yeah, that's not what I'm thinking. Is that what of. you mean? Or no, he gained. Like, okay, here we go. He gained seven pounds during a game. That's what it was. This came out back in like March of last year. What What happened? I mean, <laughs> I mean, basically, he went into a game playing and weighed himself before and weighed himself after, and he was 15 pounds heavier. That's so weird. <laughs> that's almost not possible. It's not supposed to be. <laughs> that's that'd be saying that you're taking in yeah i don't maybe you're drinking a bunch of gatorade I don't dude know. i'm telling you that guy's doing hgh that's not possible <laughs> <laughs> i mean you still don't pump eight, seven pounds of hgh into your body dude like, that's, <laughs> well yeah but i'm talking about more the fact that you could your body is not functioning properly if you go play for 48 minutes on the court and you gain weight that's not how this works if that were the case you and i would be you know we'd be on easy street yeah <laughs> yeah i don't I have no idea. Yeah, that anyway. But yeah, that came up a little while back. So I don't know, man. I I understand why they're slow playing it and everything. And you definitely don't want to rush him into like, you know, I mean, obviously he's an integral part to what's going on. But they're playing okay without him. They've dropped from fourth to eighth. I think it was the last I saw. Lakers oh, really? Eighth, yeah. They came back and beat Dallas the other night. I went to that game. And um, actually, well, I kind of went to that game. Uh, did you end up going to the Lakers game? No, I didn't. I didn't. I ended up still. 
I ended up selling the tickets because it was like I came home and I was just exhausted from the game. Yeah. Or from the day. And then I was like, LeBron's not even playing. I'm not selling. Dude, so I almost always do sell the Lakers tickets just because of the fact that I hate when the Lakers are in town. It just yeah. in general, like that's a, a fan base that I can do without specifically. <laughs> and uh, you know, that's probably the Boston thing coming out in me a little bit, but I can just do without yeah. it. But it's just more the fact that it's more Lakers people than Mavs and you know, all that kind of deal. And it just kind of doesn't really I don't know. I don't really like being at a home team's like court that feels like an away game. I don't like that. So okay. uh and that was also the night of the national championship. So I actually went to the game and met my buddy in the Jack Daniels Club, and we were crushing beers and watching the national championship and just decided to go home and watch it at home. So I literally never even saw the court when the Lakers were in town. Spoiled? Yeah. Really? Probably. Yeah. (laughs) But I wasn't interested in the game, and the Mavs were blowing them out to the very end of it until they, I don't know, they shit the bed in the fourth quarter and the Lakers came back and won. But I didn't realize they dropped that many spots. Yeah, the Lakers are four and six in the last ten. Jeez. Okay. So not great. No, not uh, good at all. But this is good for the youngs, for the or for the youth. It's not like you're trying to win a championship right now. You have LeBron for four years. For Develop sure. your youth. Okay, so go back and look at this list for a second. Rank these for me. Where what's your ranking? Number one, Anthony Davis. Are we talking West Front Court right now? Yeah, West Front Court. Dude, the West Front Court is so loaded. Uh mm-hmm. number one is Anthony Davis. I think so. They have Paul George at number three. It'd be hard to make a case for him over Kevin Durant for me. Yeah. So I think I might take I'm, – I'm taking either Paul George or Kevin Durant number two. Uh, right now, just because Paul George is hot and because he's playing the best that he's ever played in his in his career and because he's doing more for his team than Kevin Durant is. And he's – Kevin Durant's not even the best player on his team right now. No. Um, I'm taking Paul George number two. I'm taking KD number three. Um, I'm taking Jokic number four. Yeah? Yeah. And then I would take – Either Luca or Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm taking LeBron number four, Jokic number five. Let's sorry. say LeBron's at let's say LeBron's hurt, just for shits and gigs. Just for okay. Yeah. Jokic number four. Um I'd probably take Luca over Steven Adams. Yeah. But it's it's close between those two. I would I would go with Anthony Davis. He's your obviously big. Yeah. And then I'd probably go with mm, Dude, so the thing about Paul George and the reason I feel like he's been so successful this year is because Russ is helping his game. And Russ is actually putting the ball in his hands and realizes, like, wow, I don't have to be the volume shooter here. I can take qual- I can get quality looks or I can pass to an equally as much of a star on this team. And it's really working out for them well. And so I feel like if you took Paul George out of that situation, that's where he might struggle a little bit. Yeah, I, Russ, is, Russ is doing a really good job of deferring a big reason why I'm picking Paul George over Kevin Durant is because Paul George is doing as much in a worse system. Yeah, that's true. That's a very good point. Uh, so I'd probably go with – I'm right with you, though. I think Kevin Durant and Paul George are close. I'd probably take Kevin Durant and then Paul George. Uh, and I'd have to round it out with Luka, man. Uh, yeah. I think we're going. This is this is Sans LeBron, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you make a good case for Jokic, though, man. I mean, he's been playing out of his damn mind. And dude, why the does dude is averaging? Go oh. ahead. Oh no, no, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I'm gonna have to look it up, but I looked at it the other day. It was like almost twenty and ten, and averaging seven and a half 
assists. Good lord, that's ridiculous. Unbelievable, dude. Yeah, he's. I mean, I always knew that that dude was a star, but I mean, he's absolutely broken out this year. Yeah, he's the best. He's the best passing big of all time. He's averaging. Let's see. Fifty percent from field goal range. Yeah, Nin- he's averaging nineteen point two points per game, and ten, ten boards a game, and seven and a half assists a game. That's absolutely unbelievable. With 50, 32, that's not that great. And 85 splits. 50, 30, 32, and 85 splits. Wow. That's crazy. That is wild, man. So, I mean, that's hard to make a case for, uh, to make a case against, I should say. Why is Boogie on this list? That's another one I didn't notice until just now. Just the people from, from San Francisco using their money to get him in. That's quite a conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. So they, it's all those uh, Silicon Valley people. They probably wrote a code. Probably. That just vote Boogie in. Yeah. Lonzo but, in here, DeMar. Some pretty good, some good guards here, man. What, is what Lonzo you, on there? Did you say Lonzo? Yeah, he's number eight. That's a little much. Yeah, definitely. I'm as, I'm as big a Lonzo fan as anybody else, and I, I defend him a whole lot, but that's a little much. I love that he has more votes than Chris Paul, though. Yeah, Chris Paul shouldn't be on here. That's a, that's... What's the deal with? So we're looking at guards now. Yeah. Go, what, um, what do you think guard wise? Why is Damian Lillard losing to Clay Thompson this year? I have no idea, considering that Clay Thompson scored forty three with five dribbles the other night. Yeah, that was crazy. We'll talk about that in a minute for sure. But he hasn't had as good a good a year at by any stretch of the imagination as Dame has. But um, yeah, this is. So I got Steph number one here. No, I've got I've got Harden number one. I'm sorry, I've got Harden number one. I've got Steph number two. Mm-hmm. Um, Russ, like true, like who has performed the best this year? Russ number three. I'd probably put Derrick Rose number four. Yeah, yeah, and then and then Lillard, or maybe Lillard than Derrick Rose. Hmm. I don't have any problem with that. I actually agree with all of that. Yeah. I don't, I really don't know. I don't know about Derrick Rose to me. I'm, Mm. this is. I just don't know who else I'd put though at that point. It's a pretty steep, like steep drop off there. Between uh, four and five, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, Dame's the only other one. I'm I'm more okay with Derrick Rose. Like Derrick Rose is getting some preferential like popularity treatment. But I'm more okay with that than I am Dwayne Wade on the other side. Well, yeah. All right, what do we got on the other side? What do you think front court on the east? On the east? Take a look. I don't have a whole lot of problem with the one to five, honestly. So, yeah, um, I would put Embiid over Kawhi for sure. Uh, this is what Embiid is doing in the year of 2019. 28.7 points per game. 15 boards a game, 3.7 assists, 2.3 blocks on 52, 46, and 85 shooting splits. That's so ridiculous. He's absolutely that's, carrying that team. That's an MVP. Yeah, absolutely. That's 100% an MVP right there. I just don't understand how that guy can be doing all of that and they're still fourth in the East. Yeah. That's incredible. They're only three and a half games back, but still. They've had some pretty rough losses, though, for sure. 
Yeah, and he doesn't have much help. Like I, the team teams are figuring out that Ben Simmons can be stopped. Jimmy Butler is a team killer. Yeah, There's not a doubt in my like when he first went there, it was like maybe they, this is what they're looking for. That was a horrible trade for them. Robert Covington and Dario Sarge for Jimmy Butler. That has turned out to be a horrible trade for them. Yeah, it has. I th- I knew that was going to be a bad trade for them. Yeah, that was actually was, a pretty good move by Thibodeau. Ultimately, yeah, go figure. And then they fired him for it. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> Is that me and my buddy were having a discussion? It's so a coach makes makes suggestions and then DM, GMs go or fall through with it, right? Well, he was the president of basketball operations of the team. They gave him. That's why it was hard yeah, to fire. That exactly. So that was always a big big part of it too. That yeah. that just does not work anymore, man. I don't know why teams still try to do that. Yeah, make it the coach and president of basketball Dude, operations. Yeah. It's like it's that's you have power without any type of restraints on it. Right. They they were so quick to hand that over to Doc Rivers whenever he went to the Clippers. That's what started off that whole thing. And they tried to do it with Bill Jackson too, but he turned down the coaching in in New York. And I don't really blame him. Yeah. He should. I mean, he shouldn't be doing that. Well, we know now. We know that he shouldn't be doing it. But even at the time, I was like, "This is. There's no way this is going to work." That was yeah. the most next thing I've ever heard. I mean, the thing about the East, man, is that Boston's really starting to pick it up too. I mean, they're seven and three of their last ten, and they're really starting to cook. Yeah, uh, they are looking better. They have a problem with. Here's what I've seen their problem with: Tatum. Is still doing that crap where he dribbles. He dribbles one shot and takes the worst shot in basketball. Dude, yes. Instead of like pump faking and moving one shot to the right and taking a three, whenever he has someone closing on him, or just shooting the three or going to the rim, he pump fakes and takes one dribble into the uh, past three point line and takes shots and he misses them. Misses you them know? consistently. So, yeah, exactly. So that that's a big problem. I don't know how Stevens hasn't coached that out of him yet, or how Stevens hasn't identified it or made him at least slow it down, but it's still happening. And then Gordon Hayward is doesn't know how to play with Kyrie, from what I can tell. What what are your thoughts on that? I know you've watched him a lot more than me. They're starting to gel more now. They they were really really struggling with that at the beginning, and it just I, it feels to me I'd say several things. They're really starting to learn how to play well together, and as they keep just kind of forcing it to work, you're seeing nights where Gordon Hayward finally starts to look like himself again. You're starting to see. Just the overall more diverse game than you've seen out of him yet this year because it doesn't feel like he's as worried about his leg anymore, which is where we need to be. And I said, like, give it to Christmas and see how it goes. And I still stand behind that because I had a feeling it was going to take them some time. And on top of that, I, I just it feels like they're really starting to get their their offense clicking a little bit more. And they're starting to work out players like Rogier as much. Like, I don't think that he's going to be around much longer. Uh, yeah, are you trying to trade him? I you almost have to. Has. Yeah, you almost have to. He's coming up on a on a deal. You're not going to have space for him. You're going to have Kyrie. I just I don't really see it. You know, I don't think that ultimately he wasn't the guard that they needed last year. He what are you What are you looking for when you trade him? Like at this point, it's pretty much if you trade him, you're just getting rid of you're just getting rid of an asset, right? You can't bring in anybody that is ex- going to expect playing time. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. I mean, I maybe trade him for picks. I don't. I don't know. You know, da- you know, Danny Ainge. He'll probably trade him for Anthony Davis or some shit. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, and somehow get away with it. I don't know. Not possible. He'll convince the league to le- ignore the rules. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean not possible? If there's anybody that could make that happen, it's probably him. <laughs> not possible. But uh, 
Just because of the the Rose Roll. No, I'm um, well. I, I know. I'm just saying it's knowing Danny Ainge. That's his mo. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I understand what you're saying. I'm reminding our listeners. The Rose Rule does not allow Anthony Davis to get into a Celtics uniform prior to summer of 2019. So don't get your hopes up, Celtics listeners. I'm not concerned about it. <laughs> um, that's what they've got to be doing is they've, they've got to be hoping that the Pelicans don't try and ship off Anthony Davis before it happens. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that that's their, their number one concern coming up to the trade deadline. I don't think they're trying to move anything for any anything else. I think they're just sitting there hoping – how can we put the kibosh on anything that's that's coming up for Anthony Davis? If we start hearing rumors floated out there that somebody's trying to make a move for Anthony Davis, how do we stop that? Man, I want to. I, w- I would love to see that. That would be such a fun trade deadline to see. Just absolute mayhem going on between GMs in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, that would be incredible. Actually, I, I can't. <sighs> yeah, I think that would be good. I don't. It wouldn't be good. I know that. <laughs> I can't yeah I can't think of another trade deadline that has ever come up where there was another big player that you knew was leaving that teams are fighting for dude I it's gonna be a hell of a trade deadline because there are a lot of teams that are gonna be looking to add pieces and there's not a lot of teams that are gonna be dumping stuff I feel like yeah um let's look at the so standings who are your teams that are looking to add pieces uh, in the east in the east you're probably looking at man Milwaukee seems like it's probably pretty good. I haven't watched a ton of their games though. Dude, they're the best team in the NBA. Oh, I'm aware, but I I just I haven't watched a ton of them lately other than the like I caught the second half of the the one last night where hard to smack in the face, but dragged the Rockets around by their skull last yeah, night. I caught like, the like very end of it. So And that is a streaking Rockets with James Harden averaging 38 points a game over his last 6 games. Like yeah. That was he still dropped. He dropped forty one. They still beat the crap out of him. Yeah, the bugs are good, and and we've been. I've been saying it all year. I've had a lot of people say no, it's that's fake, dude. They're good. They're for real. I have them coming out of the East. Do you think Pat Riley's going to be looking to make a move to add to Miami? I mean, they're five hundred exactly, but they're only nine eight, nine and a half games off the lead. I don't know what piece you'd bring in, but they, they don't. So they're all they have is Hassan Whiteside. Yeah. Drainage. I guess, but they they need scoring. Like you don't have any type of any ability to score on that team. That's true. They're kind of dealing with the same thing that Dallas is dealing with. Other than Doncic, they don't have anybody that can really score. Yeah. Where are you yeah. think what where are your who do you think adds here in the East? If I'm the Pacers, I'm trying to pick up something. They're uh, always trying Pacers, to pick up something. Yeah, Pacers are the team that that seems the most plausible to me. Um, if I'm the Sixers, I'm trying to move Jimmy Butler, um, and I'm trying to get something for him. Man, I, he's on a look at his contract. What co- what type of contract is he on? I think he's got at least another year, right? Let's yeah, see. I'll double I'll double check that. But I'm trying to get rid of him. Um, I don't know. He's the last three teams that he has been on. If you count the Sixers, it has ended badly for that team. Yep. So he's got another year after this year. Yeah, the at right nineteen now, mil. At nineteen mil, the seventy six or real GM reports that they're still trying, hoping to sign Jimmy Butler. Um, I think they shot themselves in the foot um, by trading Covington and Saric. Those two are really good players. Covington's a really great defender and a defense threes and athleticism guy. Yep, um, that's that's hard to do. Jimmy Butler is too ball dominant for that team. 
I mean, it's made Ben Simmons almost, well, I don't know, we talked about this last time, somewhat transparent, it seems. Yeah. Does, but, I mean, the whole thing with Brett Brown going on and him bitching at, at Brett Brown, I guess, now because of this, that, and the other, I just don't understand what reels this dude in. Like, what kind of guy, what kind of, if you have to fire Brett Brown for whatever reason, right? I mean, and may that be because you're re-signing Jimmy Butler, what guy do you bring in the room that can contain him that garners that kind of respect i don't i have no idea so as much as i hate draymond green um you have to get a player like that like i don't know if you recall but whenever okay or whenever kevin durant first left okc and went to golden state Mm -hmm. there was I i can't remember who they were playing but it was right near it was like the first 15 games and kevin durant dribbled the ball for 14 seconds at the end of the quarter or at the end of the game and missed a game winner and green got in his face and yelled at him and said, this is not how we do this around here. You're going to move the ball. Yeah. I remember that. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's what you need. You need another player to rein him in. And the fact that Embiid hasn't done it yet and hasn't said, you can't do this on my team um, is, is kind of disappointing to me. That dude's also, I mean, that dude's 23 too, you know? So I expect a little bit more out of him probably than his age um, delegates, but um, that's that's what's really going to have to happen. No, no coach is going to be able to fix that. These coaches are there to implement offenses and try and guide players, but really, it's really hard to jump down a superstar that's making more money than you. It's really hard to jump down their throat. It's a pretty big flex, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. There's not many play- coaches that can do it. Well, and I'm sure that Embiid kind of feels like, too, that, I mean, Jimmy Butler's 29. He's got experience in the league. I mean, he's a proven shooter. You know, he's a damn good player. He's a great player. He just can't keep his fucking mouth shut. Yeah, and he's a he's he's a pain in the he, ass. He was a he was a great player. So he's a great player of a lost era, for sure. That's a really good way to put it. I just feel like he. I, I get what you're saying. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think the a player like that makes a, does make a lot of sense as far as chemistry goes. Yeah. So I, it's going to have to come from Embiid. Okay. Fair enough. Um. So my my Eastern front court is Giannis, Embiid, Kawhi. We got Blake Griffin after that. Okay, I, see um, I don't think that I don't think that there's any way to argue that Jason Tatum or Jimmy Butler are better than playing better than Blake this year. Um, after that, I would take Tatum. Um, I think that Butler is the more talented player and he's probably and has better stats, but he's a team killer, and I haven't seen anything from him that indicates to me that he's driving that Sixers team forward and making them better. And that's a big deal to me. Definitely agree with that. Definitely agree with that. I like that Kimba's in here. Kimba's definitely going to be on the move, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. They've got to get something for him because he's going to leave anyways. Right. Exactly. What else? Who else is going to be buying, do you think? Um, Dude, there's no... So let me look at the standings one more time. Um, who? So we kind of talked about the East... Out west, um, Clippers should be buyers. You think so? Yeah, very much so. What are they? They're looking for a shooter, right? They're looking for a scorer. Yeah. Um, so they, and really, you have to have. This is my concern. The NBA, more than anything, any other league in the in the world, is a star driven league. Once you get in the playoffs, you have to have those stars that can take over in the last two minutes of the game and get you three consecutive buckets or four consecutive buckets, like a Kyrie 
or a LeBron or a uh, Kawhi, you know, or a Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. Yeah. You have to have those players that can take over and do that. The Clippers don't have those players. What are they going to do in the last three to four minutes of the game? Like they're going to give it to Tobias, Tobias Harris. Mm. You bring a double at Tobias Harris. He's not that great of a passer. That kind of puts the stop on anything that you try to do. They just don't have enough scoring out of there and they don't have any type of star power that's actually going to will them to a win. So I think that they're, I would be moving. I would be taking a run at Anthony Davis if I were them. I could see that. I think that makes a lot of sense. Could you imagine what that would do to the landscape? Yeah. Whew. That's tough, man. That puts Houston pretty much to bed at that point. Yeah. And everybody wants to play in LA like um, Chris Paul and DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin pretty much made it, made people realize that you can play in LA and not play for the Lakers. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's a good place to be. Yeah. What do you think Dallas is going to do? Um, so I'm hearing a lot. I th- apparently the GMs around the league are like 60 to 70% sure that they're moving DSJ. Incorrect. What do you think about that? I think, I think that's a lot of chatter. I don't think that yeah. means anything. I don't, to me, what's the upside of doing that? So what do you get back for him? First of all, picks, yeah. something like that. I would rather, ta- I mean, if you're where the Mavericks are at, why are you not taking a, you know, why are you not seeing how this development goes? It may not go anywhere, but he could be a damn superstar. And I think that he's his game has definitely progressed this year, but he's just not progressing at the pace that Luka is. And so what ends up happening is that it looks like he's not progressing fast enough. We talk about it on this show all the time. Give the guy a couple of years. This is only his second year in the league. So I don't see how what the Mavericks do, like why they would move him and what they would get in return that would be better than the upside of what he's got right now or what they've got right now. I don't know what it is. Can you think of anything? Yeah. No, I, I have the Mavericks standing pat. You like People talk about this league is about getting superstars. I just said it a couple of minutes ago, but you have to understand that it's about getting superstars at the right time. You can't get a superstar and just expect to win because you have some new up-and-comers. Like in 2006 – Dwayne Wade, I think it was his third year in the league. And that was really the youngest time or the youngest player that we've ever seen just take over an NBA finals or a or a um a playoff series. And he had Shaq with them. So they added Shaq. They expected it to take two or three years, but it happened in was it the second year? Something like that. But yeah. It was like either the first or second year. Um, it happens super fast. That doesn't happen. Like you can't add a superstar to the to Dallas right now and expect them to compete. What's gonna have what's gonna happen if you add a superstar? You're going to sign him a three- or four-year contract, and then they're going to be on their way out the door right as Luka hits his stride. So, I mean, maybe, but, I mean, that assumes that everybody just wants to get out of here, but why wouldn't you want to – I mean, it's like the whole Russ thing, right? Like, why would you not want to partner with a superstar? And why would you not want to have a couple of superstars on that team if you're going to be that guy? So something I've heard and what makes a lot of sense to me, and I've I've crunched the numbers on this a little bit, is – um. If you're Dallas, I think that you have to try to move Wes Matthews. I yeah. don't think that's I don't think that's negotiable. And he, I mean, he's expiring this year anyway. So, what if they did a deal where they swapped Wes Matthews for Otto Porter Jr. And so that way, so he's on a five year deal. You've got or a four year deal, excuse me. So that's like a hundred. Or it's uh, he's in year two of that. So you've got three years left on that, or two years left on that for Dallas. And you've got, you get Wessie off the books, and because he's not even the player he used to be, even by a long shot. 
you have a young guy that can play with Luca, that can play with DSJ, that's a small forward, that's probably better. I mean, it's definitely better than Harrison Barnes when he plays the three. Yeah, and sure. you start to push and stretch that way. You're still not there, but you're a div- you're still putting yourself in a better place. And for Washington, that gets that contract off the books for the next couple of years because that team is cooked. Yeah, they're 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 looking to move pieces. They're looking to blow that up. Um, is West? You said that West is expiring. Yep. Yeah. So Otto Porter's one of my favorite players in the league, and I think he might be one of the most underrated players in the league. Um, Imagine what he would great. do in Carlisle's system. Yeah, Carlisle does weird stuff with weird people, man. True. Um, but um, I don't know. What, I don't know what he would do. Carlisle doesn't like to do the um, a whole lot of having people run to the corners on the on the fast breaks. Yeah. But Which I, analytics shows that that's what you should be doing. Yeah, I think that he's he's starting to come around on that, though, a little bit more than he ever has. Feels like it this yeah. season, anyway. I mean, he's going to have to adapt his game a little bit, just like everything else. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what Otto Porter is there for, is, is to get a steal on one end and run in the corner on the other end and drain a three. That would be a really good trade for them to make if they could swing that. But I think yeah. that I would think that Washington could probably get more than that for him. Yeah, anytime that you, yeah, for sure. Unless, and I guess it, it makes sense that if they're trying to blow it up, to get an expiring contract like that, that trades over one for one, that's a big deal. And that's a big way that you can blow something up and just restart the rebuild process. But I mean, you're absolutely moving John Wall at that point too. Yeah. I think, I think you still have to keep either John Wall or Bradley Beal. I don't think anybody's going to take John Wall's contract. Yeah, probably not, but you're definitely going to trade Bradley Beal. I'm surprised he's not up out of there already. Yeah. He's been playing really well though. He, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, why would you not? I mean, I guess let him showcase it and, you know, get the most value you can at the deadline, but yeah, I mean, I think I think a team like the Clippers would be great to look for, look at that deal and try to make something Bradley, like that happen. Bradley yeah. Bill would be good at the Clippers too. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I I think that if you were the Mavericks, if you threw in like, uh, so you, they take Wessey and you take uh, or you give them Dorian Finney-Smith. I mean, does that do something for you? That you probably have to do a sign and trade in that case. But I think yeah, I think Dorian is more of a is a little addition. I think. If you do the auto porter for West Matthews, you're looking at the expiring contract. Yeah. That's your big thing. So that's just a one for one swap in your mind? No, no. I think you'd still ask for a little bit of a sweetener with Dorian, but that's not the big target that you're looking for. Oh, you yeah. Know, that's, no, that's no, not for what sure. Makes the trade. No, he's a serviceable yeah. player at, the, at best. I mean, he's a good player, yeah. I think, but I just don't know if Dallas has room for him. Yeah, for sure. What is it? Is OKC um, going to do anything? I wouldn't. Um, I don't. So what they need is they need three-point shooters. Yep. Um, really, the three-point shooting threat that they have right now is Abrinas, Rust. God, Russ has played. Russ is shooting like 20% from the three-point line. Paul George is a good three-point shooter, and um, but he is so ball-dominant. And they had their, the way that their offense works is he gets the ball and he makes something happen, you know? Um, so you can't really – it's not like he's moving off the ball and like spreading open uh, the lane for Steven Adams or anything like that. He's the one that has the ball in his hands. So you really need to add another three-point shooter at the two. Terrence Ferguson hasn't quite come around as a three-point shooter. He's a really good defender. Um, but what they need, Otto Porter would be would be fantastic. But um, they also have really big problems with cap space. Yeah, I don't know how they would make that trade happen. They were lucky to get out from under the Carmelo thing. Yeah, exactly. They're, uh, the one that I've heard float around is Abrinas and Patterson for Terrence Ross, which would be good. It'd be a little bit better. But you trade probably the third best three-point shooter on your team for one that's kind of equally serviceable. So I don't know if you – the third and the fourth best three-point shooters yeah. on your team for one that's 
equally serviceable. So I don't know if it makes you a whole lot better. Yeah, it kind of almost, I mean, it, it may make you. It kind of thins you out because both those guys are key rotation players. Right, exactly. It thins you out, but then you've also got to figure out, yeah, different places that you can plug and play there with those all those gaps that you leave in the lineup. So I don't know. Plus, point. I don't know if you saw the Nerland Noel injury. Did you see this? Dude, yes, that was so ugly. Yeah, dude, those, I, the um, trainers went over there and started checking for a pulse, and I was like, good Lord, <laughs> is he dead? And uh, but apparently that's the uh, protocol for if someone is unconscious when yeah. you get to them, you first yeah. check for a pulse. So he that's, was unconscious when they got to him. That's so wild, man. I can't. Yeah. Be- so did he? He did have a concussion, but no other brain injury or you know no other damage, right? No fractures, but it was a side of the head concussion. And dude, concussions can, especially side of the head concussions, they can change your life. Yeah, maybe they'll keep him from eating hot dogs in the cafeteria during games. <laughs> maybe man um those those are like it's brain trauma it's trauma to your brain right yeah i know like contrary to what the nfl will tell you (laughs) yeah exactly everybody would say oh it's just a concussion he doesn't have any fractures or anything like that that can change his life that could keep him out for the rest of the year no doubt about it i mean he's not playing a ton anyway right yeah he's getting seven or eight minutes but he comes in and uh actually i think he's getting more than that now he can't comes in and gives really serviceable minutes really plays really good defense and Gets a lot of boards. He's a rotation player that to give up another big on your rotation, like Patrick Patterson for Terrence Ross, it hurts you more now that he's out. Yeah, for sure. He's not going to be any kind of – he's always going to be a serviceable bench player, right? He's not going to be any kind of superstar. No, he's never going to be a superstar. He was really coming into his own, though, and he was getting better. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just think – I don't know if he has the motivation to be a superstar. He just doesn't feel like one of those guys to me. He just seems like a very you know calm, cool, and relaxed guy, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, they're just certain guys like that that aren't really that they're comfortable playing well because they do. I mean, they still play in the NBA and are, you know, among the world's best. But, you know, it's a motivation thing in some ways. Right. Right. So um, I don't I don't see them. There's not there's not a whole lot that they can do to get get better unless Presti pulls out another. Victor Oladipo for Paul George or something. Otto Porter would be a great player to pick up if uh, if Washington wants to blow that up. Um, that'd be fantastic. That's going to be but a I hot name out I don't there. See anything, yeah, I don't see anything super good. I Dude, if I was Washington, I would trade Bradley Bill and John Wall and keep out Otto Porter. Yeah. Yeah, but the, but it's the same. Go wrong with the glue guy. It's the exact same thing that you were talking about earlier, though. That by the time that I mean he's got two years left on his deal, so by the time that you're any kind of decent again, he's already going to be gone. Yeah, I mean, you know, it always depends because I'm sure Scott Brooks will still be around for whatever reason. But <laughs> that's uh, who they should really send off, dude. That, don't even get us. Let's not get started on that. That whole thing yeah. is just so ridiculous. But there's gonna it's gonna be a wild trade deadline, man. I'm really really stoked to see what's gonna happen. I just I still can't get over when I look at the standings the fact that Cleveland has eight wins. Dude, yeah, that makes me so mad. They have two all-stars, one of the best glue guys in the league, um, and Markeith Morris, and they're they have a worse record than the Orlando Magic. Yeah, it's rough. That is coaching. Dude, how do you not fire that guy? Who I don't even who is their coach? I don't even know who he is. The wizard Scott Brooks. Yeah, I wasn't talking about no. Cleveland. I was talking about the Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about Cleveland. No, no, no. They've got two all-stars in John Wall and Bradley Beal. Yeah. Otto Porter, who's darn near an all-star, man, yep. um, for me. He's not on this list, but he should be. Um, John Wall's hurt, though, right? Yeah, yeah. But Bradley Beal's averaging 40 a game over the last, like, five or six <laughs> games he has. Unbelievable. He's had, that's not true. He's averaging more than 30. But it's a lot. Yeah. That team, 
moral of the story is that team should 100% be in the playoffs with the amount of talent that they have in the East. They should be, they have more talent than the Sixers. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. They well, more, more talent than the, than the heat for sure. They, they have, have way more talent than the Nets, the Hornets. All those teams are ahead of them. Yeah, that's very true. The Hornets the is, is embarrassing, man. They have more talent than the Pacers. The teams that you can make an argue that they might have that might have more talent than them. Bucks for sure have more talent than them. Raptors have more talent than them. The Pacers probably have a little bit. Nah, no, they don't. They don't. Pacers don't have more talent than the Wizards. The Sixers, you can argue for or against, may or may not have more talent than them. The, those two teams are pretty equal. Um, Celtics, no. Celtics. The Celtics for sure. You the think? Celtics do. Oh, yeah. oh, they do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, so there's four teams that I can give you a definitive. Yes, they are more talented than the than the Wizards in that in that uh, conference. That's it. Strong agree. The Wizards are eleven. Yeah, it's insane. That is horrendous. Who do they think they are? The Knicks. <laughs> I'm about to start sounding like Stephen A. Smith. I'm so mad right now. I know, right? It's just ridiculous. <laughs> um. Yeah. The, oh, I guess since we last talked to Chicago, fired Hoiberg. Yeah, and then the, apparently Hoiberg's a uh, candidate for Minnesota. <laughs> that is so wild, dude. I don't understand Minnesota's <laughs> affinity for picking up that Chicago trash. I just don't get I don't it. No, man. I just Jimmy Butler. Get... Uh, <laughs> um, dude, all of it. Derek Rose. I mean, I guess Derek Rose, Derek you could make Rose. that, you know. But all he of it. He was Chicago trash when he got there. Uh, Taj Gibson was there. Yeah. Um, Man, it, it just goes on and on really does. Yeah. It's it's going to be a wild trade de- trade deadline coming up here, man. I'm excited to see what teams are going to be doing. I I don't really know what Denver could add. I don't really know where Golden State is at this point. I honestly haven't really watched a lot of Golden State this year. I've really been that interested. Um I try to I try to not watch them. Um, I know you don't. Clay Thompson's not playing like he should, but we talked about it. He had 40 points on three on three dribbles. That's so insane, man. 40 points on three dribbles, dude. Russell dribbles five times that in one possession. I mean, his role is a catch-and-shoot player, though. I mean, that's just kind of what happens. Clay Thompson is 2008 Ray Allen, but a better defender, a better shooter, and bigger. Uh, Ray, Ray Allen was probably a little bit better of a defender, right? No, no way. No? Nothing. No. Nothing Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson's like six seven two guard. Yeah. And he and he's a great he's a he's a way better defender than Ray Allen. I don't think it's even close. It's a little bit different uh, of a game now, too, though, for sure. Yeah, you might be able to argue that Ray Allen was a better shooter. Yeah. That's true. Um you could also argue that Ray Allen was better with the ball in his hands than Clay. Clay's just as good as an off off ball mover. Yeah. Uh, all right, moving off the ball than him. Well, Ray Allen shot the damn lights out in Boston specifically, though. So I mean that's what they needed at that point in time. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. What else is going on out there? Anything? We cover most of it. Um, that was. Oh, Memphis finally put, uh, cut ties with Chandler Parsons. Did they really? Yep. Did you see that? They no, bought I didn't. him out. Tell me about it. They bought him out. They were tired of it. I think that it was just a max deal that didn't go as planned, and those happen sometimes. And chalk it up and move on. You know. Yeah, that's uh, that's tough, man. I, I actually kind of like Chandler. Yeah, fuck him. I don't like him at all. <laughs> I know he ruined your Mavericks. It's not even that, man. It just—he's just, he's just a, a prick in general. And the fact that he like the last thing he yelled at Mark Cuban was Max or bust, and then ended up like you know, and then the, got all butt hurt whenever the Mavericks turned their back on him. 
and then ended up being an absolute bust. So I don't really know. Like, I mean, that's probably the best move the Mavericks never did. Yeah. Uh, I think it's it's just funny to me that he seems to be the bitter one about this situation when he wanted max money or nothing. And I don't, I don't, I don't think he understood what the risk was there. Yeah. I mean, it's the, I mean, Isaiah I guess Thomas. Yeah, that's true. Same thing as Isaiah Thomas. You gotta, I, I don't know that in this type of league, it's one injury and it's over. Yeah. Well, it definitely worked out better for Chandler Parsons than it did it. I'll tell you that. Yeah. For sure, that dude's averaging one minute. He's played one minute this year. So much for backing up the the Brinks truck. I know. What where does he play now? Is it like Denver or something like that? Denver. Yeah. Denver. Okay. That's what he's I about thought. to win a championship. About to have a championship ring, baby. Unfucking believable. I'm joking. He's not getting a championship ring. That would be Charles, unbelievable, though, right? That would be Charles Barkley guaranteed that the um, Nuggets would be in the Western Conference Finals. What do you think of that? Um, honestly, the way they're playing, I don't have a whole lot of problem with that. Yeah. I mean, they've got, dude, we're just talking about it. Jokic is just. He's unbelievable. He's on another he's so level, good. man. He's playing out of his mind. Jamal Murray's playing really well, too. With the Rockets streaking the way they are, the Thunder, the the Warriors, I can't guarantee that any one of these teams, I haven't seen a team definitively better than the other ones. I mean, you can argue for the Warriors, but they still aren't pulling away like they should, that I would guarantee that they're going to be in the Western Conference Finals. I mean, Will I Barton's think, I think, even. Yeah. I mean, Will Barton's registering sixteen and a half points a game, five rebounds, and three, three assists. Yeah. The only team in the league right now that I can guarantee that I would put money on being in a conference finals would be the Bucks. That's the only team in the league that I would put money on being in the conference finals. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot of problem with that. Uh, but I, man, I think you know what the craziest part about this Nuggets team too is this doesn't even this doesn't even consider Porter, Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter, yeah. That's so crazy to think about. Hopefully, if he ever comes back. I think he's going to be out all year. I think that was always the plan, was that he'd be sitting it out. Oh, for sure. I meant, like, next year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it'll be interesting to see what he looks like at that point. Yeah. I haven't really sure. heard anything about, like, how he's progressed or anything like that. He's listed at 6'10", 210. Is that correct? Does that sound right to you? Uh, Sounds a little light. Yeah. Lighter than I expected, but 6'10 is right. Yeah. He's definitely lanky, though. Yeah. Um, the Western Conference Finals is finally, or the Western Conference, excuse me, is finally shaping up the way that we expected it to be. The Kings are out of the playoffs. They're not out of the playoff race, but they're the 10th seed. Um, Clippers are still higher than I expected to be. Pelicans are still much lower than I expected to be, but at least the Kings aren't in there anymore, right? right? The Pelicans don't have anybody but AD and basically, well, I guess they've got Julius Randle, but they don't really have anybody but AD and Drew Holiday. Drew, Hol- that. Drew Holiday, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, still, that guy's, I mean, that guy's an MVP candidate. Yeah, he's a workhorse. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. An MVP candidate or someone of that caliber should be able to get you at least in the playoffs. Dude, if if you traded AD plus him, think about what you get. And you basically do a Celtics-type rebuild of your franchise almost immediately. Yeah. You're going to fleece some stupid-ass team like the Nets. Not the Nets, but you know what I mean. Like, some team that's willing to trade it all. For, I don't know if you're going to fleece anybody trading away AD, but uh, I would give up a lot for Anthony Davis. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, like you're going to get a lot of a lot of picks for him. Yeah, I mean picks, and then I mean if you do the same with Drew Holiday, could you imagine? I mean, there's there'd be a market. He's got yeah. a pretty big contract, but there, there'd oh, be sure. a, there'd definitely be a market. Drew Holiday is worth a top. I would say he's worth a top ten first rounder. Absolutely, man. I, I 
say he's probably maybe, well, it depends on how the market shapes up, I guess. But, I mean, a player specifically like him could even command two. I think. Two, two, two. First. Not two top tens. Two first rounders. Yeah, yeah. two first and probably like a protected first for another year. Yeah. Something like that. Like the dude's a, averaging 20 points on 47, 48% from the field. I'm telling you, man. And eight, 20 and eight. He's Pretty averaging good. 20 and eight, dude. That's a first. I'll take that Um, in the top 10 yeah. any day. Pretty good. I'll take that as a top five, probably. Dude, yeah, absolutely. Five, two, three. That's great. Yep. All right, man. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Kyle will be back next week. Can't wait. Good talking basketball with you, my friend. Yeah, man. See you next week. Later.